are excited about Christmas and can't wait to be with your families. There are also others who, literally, this is the toughest time of the year. And being with families is actually rising up all this, oh no, I'm going to have to dive back into those conflicts and the frustrations and all the family dynamics. And um, so we thought how appropriate that as our series kind of comes to a conclusion uh, today and then on Christmas Eve, that uh, John is going to get to in the chapter 4 of 1 John today. The love illusion that we need to love each other. <laughs> we got to love each other. There should be a love illusion that happens with each other. And again, if you haven't been here, uh, just let me recap real quick. We're in a series called Love Illusion, where we took two words and we put them together. Obviously, one of those is revolution, which means there's a dramatic change that takes place in the way something works or in our ideas about it. And that God's love, his presence, everything that God is, When he shares our life and we have fellowship with him and we jointly participate in the very nature of God, he says everything changes. There should be a love illusion that takes place. And we've hit a lot of those things through the series and today we're going to kind of conclude with the fact that there should be a love illusion with each other. So, if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and open up to 1 John chapter 4, and um, man, I'm telling you, we could spend about two hours diving in to a lot of this stuff, but I want to just, I've been praying all morning that God will give me the grace just to help you nail some things down, but man, grab your pencil and your notes and get ready as we look at this passage. Let me read it for you, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 21. In fact, before I even read this, let's just pray. Let's ask for God's blessing. God, even before I open up this word, I pray you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, give us ears to really hear you. And I pray, God, for those who are here today wondering and investigating to see if you, Jesus, are who you say you are, I pray that you might reveal your nature through this. And for those of us who are here who totally believe in you, I pray that you might give us new eyes to see and understand what it really means to love each other. And God, would you change our hearts, change our relationships, change this church, and make us more like you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. 1 John 4, 7 through 21. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He's given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. There's Christmas. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And this is how love is made complete among us. So that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. That in this world we're like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. 
For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Okay. Did you guys notice a word uh, that kind of shows up a little bit in that passage? I mean, it's crazy, you guys. 27 times. 27 times in 14 verses, John uses the word love. You think he's trying to get a point across? And here's what's interesting. I don't, as I was thinking about this message, I thought, I'm going to get up here and I'm going to say, hey guys, guess what? If we are Christians, if we follow Christ, if we love God, I got this really new revelation for you. We're supposed to love each other. And you're all going to sit there and go, oh, I had no idea. Right? I mean, this is what's crazy is this is no new revelation, right? I mean, you kind of think that if you're going to love God, you probably should love each other. But here's what's interesting is what John is doing is for some reason, he looks at this deal that every person, you guys better watch, you better be good today, all right? <laughs> better watch out, you better not cry. All right, here we go. So, so John is looking at us and he's saying, here, you guys, this is God and God is love and, and so we should love each other. But for some reason, and here's where we just need to all be honest and open up our own hearts. As much as you know, that you're supposed to love, how many of you struggle to love? I, I, why, why is that? So I'm not going to try to, John's not going to try to reveal something new to you today, but I think what he's doing is when you receive Christ, right? You receive, by the way, uh, when uh, Ann, uh, Patrick was picking these up at uh, Home Depot, he was walking out with them and the guy goes, man, those look like Jesus nails. <laughs> And Patrick goes, you have no idea. So anyway, so what John is doing is he's driving a point home. So when you receive Christ, it's kind of like there's a penetration that begins. Yeah, I know. So you receive Christ and all of a sudden he pierces your heart. That's what happens. You, you see the love of God and you get it. But all of us in this room, no matter who we are, the nail, the point, the truth, the very love of God is not driven home. And so John comes in there and he goes, love, 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 27 times in 14 verses. Okay. So why do we struggle with this and where do we start? Okay. Three points for you in today's message. Um, I need the time up there too, just real quick, because I know I have to be really on time. Here we go. The first point is this. We must know what love is. Okay? You got to start right at the basics. You can't totally love until you know what love is. In fact, you could be loving, you could be thinking that you're loving, and actually, it doesn't fall in line with love even really is, and I think that's the case for many of us, all right? Man, I tell you, this morning, uh, today is my second daughter Ashlyn's birthday. <laughs> Woo! Man, I'm t- I was sitting there, I get up really early every Sunday, I was just in my, I'm studying, and I'm thinking about, and I couldn't stop thinking about Ashlyn. And I just, man, I love that girl. I'm shocked even still at, the, the emotion that I feel for my kids. And it was cool. I went in and uh, was starting to get ready or something. I came back out and she got up first and she was just kind of curled up in her long pajamas and just holding her. And just, I just love her, you know? 
And you guys know what that's like, to have that feeling of love towards someone. Well, here's what John said in the passage, you guys. He said, love comes from God. God is love. That's what he is. So it's not just that God loves. God is love. That's what he does. That's who he is. So how do we know what love is? 1 John 4, 9 through 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. (laughs) I love it when the Bible is just point blank clear. Okay, we don't have to wonder anymore. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. You know what's so funny? I was just sitting in, I, we actually uh, went out with some friends last night and saw Sherlock Holmes. Um, great movie, by the way. I'm in the middle of Sherlock Holmes, this movie that's hard to follow and it's intense and I'm loving it. And all of a sudden, I finally get it. This is love. I'm like, I don't know why, what was going on in the movie. But the, the point hit me. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. What does that mean? See, because let me ask you, why do you love God? If you think about it, you, if you had time and you sat there and go, why do I love God? Because he's awesome. <laughs> because he's unbelievable. Because he loves me. Because of everything he's done for me. Because he's always good and he's always right and he blesses me. And man, that's why I love God. I love him because of all that he is and I love him because of all that he's done. And the Bible says, this is love. Not that you love God. Isn't that interesting? What is it? It's that he loved you. This is love, that God loves you. And instead of being loved because of all that he is and all that he's done, God loves us in spite of who we are and in spite of all we've done. (laughs) Do you guys see the difference? See, because most of our love is based on if you're this, then I'll love you. And because you're this, I'll love you. But when God says, man, when we say we must know what love is, God's love, his very nature says, I come to you just because I am love. And you actually don't deserve to be loved at all. (laughs) You deserve my punishment. You deserve my discipline. And I'm going to love you. It's crazy. So you've got to understand, this is what love is. Let me, I'm going to give you the five golden rings of love. Okay, it's Christmas, so here we go. Five, I'm sorry, cheese ball, that's bad. Five things, though, I wanted to, but I want you to write these down that help us to understand, if we're going to love each other, what love is. Okay, here it is. The first one is it's unconditional. It's unconditional. It just is at its core. God's love is a love that exists in the giver and it's not conditioned by the status or the behavior of the receiver. You need to know that God loved you when you were against him, when you were a sinner, when you were powerless to do anything good for him, when you were sinning and living a life completely opposite. In Romans 5, it says that was just the right time for God to demonstrate his love. It's huge that you understand that because almost all of us think that God will only love me if I do this and if I'm good enough. And and that's not the love of God. That's the first one. It's unconditional. The second thing about God's love is it's sacrificial. God's love is sacrificial. This is how what love is. He sent his son to be atoning sacrifice. And so it's, it's the love that gives itself up for the benefit of somebody else. 
So here's, and I just love that because God is trying to help us to see, I will die for you. I will give up my whole life for you. My love is sacrificial. I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the other person. Number three is it's humble. God's love is humble. Matthew 20, 28, it says, not so, or 26 or 28, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, listen, you guys, I know the, the, the people, the rulers, they lord it over everybody. He goes, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You guys, we're celebrating Christmas this weekend and there's another reason. He's just so packing in Christmas here. He came to not to be served. He came to serve. See, the love of God, and even right now, what's hard for us is to remember that now, I'm telling you right now, you, wouldn't, you can never really, and I can't either, as I'm thinking about it, really understand the love of God until I believe that even today, December 18th, 2011, Jesus wants to serve me. He more than he wants us to serve him. He wants to serve us today. He sits at the right hand of God to intercede for us and he forgives us daily on a regular basis and he sits in heaven waiting to give you everything that you need. He serves. That's the third one. Number four is God's love is forgiving. The whole reason Christ came to be this atoning sacrifice was to say, I will take upon me the punishment you deserve so that you can be completely forgiven. In other words, he's saying, I, and I've say, I share this a lot, God doesn't forgive you because he loves you. Okay? He forgives you because all of his wrath towards sin was put into Christ. And now since he's delivered all this punishment, there is no punishment left to give. So he can offer you complete forgiveness. But he sent Jesus to be your punishment because he loves you. His love was saying, at any cost, I want to forgive you. At any cost. Even at the cost of my son. It's forgiving. And here's the fifth one. God's love is not tolerant. It's not tolerant. And this is an interesting one that I can't go into in depth. But let me just tell you this. Unconditional love does not mean it's accepting, okay? So what I'm saying is, God's love isn't tolerant. Well, what is, what is it not tolerant of? This book, 1 John, has been really clear. He is not tolerant of any teaching that's not true about his nature. If there's anything that's being taught that's not true about the nature of God, he over and over again in this book said, it's a lie, and don't believe a lie because it will take you down a wrong path. He's not tolerant of anything that's not true. The other thing he's not tolerant of is any sinful, habitual behavior that's in our life. Because he knows if you're walking in the darkness, he says, you're not having fellowship with me and you're not having fellowship with each other. In fact, what's happening is you're destroying your own soul and you're destroying the relationships around you. And thank God, in all of his unconditional love for us, he's not tolerant of stuff that hurts us. Aren't you guys grateful for that? See, that's for me towards my children. As much as I love Ashlyn and I love her with all of my heart, I am not tolerant in allowing her to destroy her life. That wouldn't be love. 
So there you go. Those are the five golden rings that we see in here of God's love. It's unconditional, it's sacrificial, it's humble, it's forgiving, and it's not tolerant. And so here's what, God, here's what I feel like John is trying to say to us, and he's trying to drive home in this point. First thing he's saying is, God is love, God is love, God is love. And he's going, you need to know right now that he is love. And then he keeps going on, and he goes, and he loves you. And he loves you, and he loves you. And he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you. You guys get this? God is love, God is love, God is love. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. That's the first point. We must know what love is. Here's the second point. We must live in that love. See, there are way too many Christians, and some of you are sitting here right now. This has been my struggle as a follower of Christ. Some of you know he loves you, right? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, right? But you don't really live in it. You aren't experiencing it. It's not changing you. The fellowship with his love is still broken. So he says we got to live in this love. 1 John 4, 13 through 16 says this. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. See, now John's going to drive another point home here. He's going to go, God is love. He loves you. And here's his third point. He's in you. He's in you. And I'm going to drive this point home. In three verse, in four verses, he says it three times, you guys. Again, John is just right. I'm going to so repetitively get this because you've got to understand that. You must live in that love. So in 13, in verse 13, we see it right there. This is how we know that we what? We live in him and he is in us. There it is again. What's that called, you guys? That's fellowship. I'm sharing my life with him. I've, I've accepted Christ. I've brought his life into mine. And I'm saying yes to God all the time. And so my life is in him. And then in verse 15, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, what happens? God lives in them and they in God. He says it again in the very next verse. So we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. That's what he's trying to say is, you live in God and God's in you. You live in God and God's in you. Look, can I say it one more time? You live in God and God's in you. You guys, you got to understand this. This amazing love that's unconditional and sacrificial and forgiving and, and is humble and is not tolerant. God is that and he's in you. So what happens is you receive his love and you give it back. That's how you live in love. And you guys, think about it. There is no complete relationship that exists. There is no relationship. My wife and I, Susie, the only way that we can have a good relationship, I looked at her and I said, because I've shared this with you guys, in the earliest days of our relationship, I could not receive her love. I stiffed armed her. And I looked at her a couple days ago and I said, now what would have happened, Susie, if I would, to this day, if I had always never received your love? Would we be as tight as we are? What's the answer? There's no way. See, there's no complete relationship unless both things are going on. 
where love is given completely and where love is received completely. And so what John is saying is you need to know right now is you've got to learn to receive this love that's unconditional, that's sacrificial, that serves you, that gives its life for you. You have to receive that and then you pour it back. And he calls that complete love, perfect love. A perfect and complete love is the person who's receiving and who's giving it back. And and you guys, I just want to say, this is so critical for this reason. We must believe that God's love for us is unconditional and that it's not based on anything that we have done. You know why? Because if you think that you've done anything to deserve God's love, and this is, you got to be careful if you're a Christian here. If you think you've deserved God's love, then what can happen is you can make other people have to deserve your love. And then it gets goofy. But it's awesome. When it's awesome. Once you know I am blown away that God loves me the way that he does, then you realize you didn't deserve it, and then you can give love to people because they don't deserve it. And that leads us to the third point. We must give that love. I got to know what that love is. I got to know what God's love is. I have to receive that love. I have to live in that love. But then ultimately, I've got to give that love. And here's what I want you to do. I want you right now to start thinking about the people in your life who need from you this type of love. As we talk through, I want you to think about people right now in your life who need this love. 1 John 4, 19 through 20 says this. We love because, why? He first loved us. I received it, and that's why I'm giving it. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they haven't seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. You guys see, here's the evolution. Here's the dramatic change that takes place in anybody's life who's received God's love. Is you now have that love inside your heart. And he's saying, now that I'm in you, he goes, it's time to love. What's he saying? He goes, God is love. He goes on to say, and he loves you, and he is in you. And he goes, what is the only possible explanation that has to happen next? You love. He is love. He loves you. He's in you. And so you love. And he just goes, I, he just, I'm gonna, we're going to get this down so that we don't just sit here and continue to know about it and not do it. And how do we love? You love with no conditions. You don't withhold your love because someone's of another race or someone's of another, um, whatever, because of things that they, they like that you don't like. You don't hold your love back because of anything. You have it inside you and so you give it. And you love sacrificially. You give yourself up. You love as a servant. You give yourself away. You, you just go, what can I do? Not what can I get? What can I do? That's the love of God to have towards another. You're forgiving And lastly, you don't, if you know someone is stuck in stuff that's pulling them down, you jump in. You jump in. You're not tolerant towards things that are are destructive in other people's lives. All right? Now, to to really bring this home, I had dinner with a a real good friend, uh, Bill. So Bill, come on up here. Had dinner with Bill Green uh, this last week. And uh, 
And while we were talking, he, he started just sharing his story of what took place um, in his own personal life this week. I, I sat down the next morning and I started putting my message together. I'm like, oh my gosh, this was Bill's story. So I, just, I wanted him to have a chance to share a little bit of what God's been doing in him this last year. Yeah, that's a great uh, point. That last one that you just made um, was really relevant to that. And uh, I was in my office in the spring, and, and a good buddy of mine, who I really respect, I mean, this is one of those guys you look up to, you know, he walks into my office, and he throws a $10 bill down on my desk. He goes, buy this book. And I'm like, well, I don't read. You understand? I don't read books. And he's like, no, no, go on Amazon right now and buy this book. I'm like, all right. So I humor him, and I, I go and get it, and it's, the, the title of the book is A Million Ways to Die, The Only Way to Live. And um, the concept of the book is that uh, we have just thousands of ways in our life that we have an opportunity to, to die. And what do I mean by that? Well, um, to die... In, in, the, in the Christian way is to, is to live as Christ did. And, and we hear these things, right? We hear like, carry your cross. We hear, we hear concepts like that. Well, he did a really good job for me practically of just saying, okay, there's, a, there's all kinds of ways in your life that you can die to yourself. And I, and I find for me, that's what was maybe keeping me back from loving like you were just talking about. Because um, as you know, and, I, and Dave and I have talked about this before, like I, I really value comfort. Like that was my hot dog bun. And, uh, and so if things were, were straying or keeping me from my comfort, well, what would I do? I wouldn't engage in it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do the hard things. So, um, it really was a, a profound way for me to say like, okay, there are so many ways that I can say no to myself. And what that would do is help me actually to love other people. Yeah. I mean, so, so I mean, you, you shared with us that in the last six months, that little phrase, it's like you have a phrase that just keeps popping up in your head. Yeah. And it is, it's just die to self. And, and I've seen that. Um, I can see that with, uh, with my wife, with my family, uh, even with complete strangers. I mean, I mean, for you, for those of you who are married, um, uh, how many opportunities do you have to say, you know, yes, I'll do that. I, uh, I see you're struggling with something. What's going on? I mean, we have so many ways of engaging that we sometimes choose not to because it runs counter to what we are flesh and what we really want to do. I have a teenage son now who's in high school. I mean, I've got, <laughs> I've got hundreds of, of opportunities every week to say, eh, I don't really want to get into that. I don't really want to do that. But man, when I really do say, and, and, and I've internalized it now. Die to yourself. This is an opportunity for you to die to yourself. Engage with your son. Ask him the hard question. Do the hard stuff. And then you think about it with complete strangers. I mean, I, I travel sometimes for business. And for me, that's, uh, that's an opportunity for me to just uh, be on my own and not have to deal with people or, or interact with people. And so... Uh, you know, you get the, the plane talker next to you and he starts going off. I mean, that's an opportunity to engage with that, self, so, with that person. So find those ways to literally just tell yourself, die to yourself. This is an opportunity. So, so you've been taking it for, I mean, that book really did trigger something inside of you. Yeah. Where you, you I mean, you've been a Christian for a while. You came yeah. out here to help. Bill came out here to start the church. I, I, he knows what this is all about. And yet something shifted. In the last six months, your life has been different. 
So just, if you can just kind of conclude with saying, what is the biggest change, that, I mean, change that you've seen, that, and even the joy, there's some, there's some new freedom that you have. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, it, it's, knowing, it's knowing over and over again that, yeah, I am receiving, I was receiving, but I felt like God was really telling me, well, now what? What, what does that mean? I mean, you could just receive for me, but if you don't go out and show that, and love other people and care for them, what's the point, you know? So I felt like it was like the graduate discussion for me, where it's like, this is the next step for you. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So go ahead. Thanks, man. Give it up for Bill. Thank you for having me come up. So so here's what I want you to think about. Band, you guys can come on up as as we get ready to move into our worship time. I want you to think about what are some opportunities right now, and at the end of the service, we're going to give you a chance to actually take some steps and some action on this. I want you to think about who are the people. I'm wondering if God has already been putting someone in your mind of someone who you know right now that you're not loving them, and it's because of something that they are. Even though God, because remember, God's love looked at you and he said, listen, you're so not like me. You're so powerless to do anything I want you to do. You sin against me all the time. I love you. So that's what love is, and that love's inside of you. Is there somebody that you need to love unconditionally? Secondly, is there somebody that you know right now, and it's, could, I guarantee it's probably in your home, <laughs> your spouse, your kids, your parents, your boss, your coworkers, Is there somebody where you know that you've been completely living for yourself and you actually need to be a sacrifice instead? You need to sacrifice yourself. You need to be dead to yourself and die to that. Why would you do that? Why? Well, because Jesus is in you now. You have fellowship with him and he gives his life away, which leads me to the third one in the serving component, you guys, to serve. That's what it's all about. Can can I give you guys a really practical one for just for us who are here at K2 The Church? If you're a follower of Christ and you're here at K2, this weekend, if if, uh, last year we had over 2,000 people that showed up for Christmas Eve. I mean, that's crazy. That's like 600 more people than normal. So we're going to have five services right this weekend. And just in Adventure Canyon alone, it takes 200 people just to make Adventure Canyon happen. And I just want to let you know, Adventure Canyon and our connections teams, I asked them because I wanted to see if there was opportunity, and they said, yes, we have a lot of holes right now. So one way that we could serve each other, right, because we're part of this body, we could serve each other this weekend by saying, hey, you know what? I'll watch your kids one service. You watch my kids another. By offering your services on this weekend, it allows everybody to come, and tons of new people will show up this weekend And it gives us a chance to love them and serve them. So out in the lobby, if you would be willing this weekend, either on Friday or Saturday, to just serve one service and go to another service, that would make a huge impact. And it's just a very practical way that we can do that. All right? And then is there someone you need to forgive? This is the toughest one, but man, when you think of how much he's forgiven you, are you ready to forgive? Can you do that? And is there someone who's habitually destroying their life that you need to just say I can't I can't allow that anymore I can't support that anymore because I really actually do love you and I want you to think about who they are as we worship God and remember how much he loves us and that we receive that we live in that so that we can give it